Welcome to Grace Covenant Church, D.C. You're listening to our weekly sermon podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this message. Good to be with you. Good to worship with you. What an amazing moment to experience God together like this. Um, I was thinking as Corey was leading this morning, his son, among many children in this church, all participated in our vacation Bible school, VBS. And uh, Corey told this story. Their son, uh, he and Ebony's son, his name Asa. And so he was coming home telling them about his experience with uh, VBS. And dad said, so you sang songs? He said, no, we worshiped. <laughs> I've, uh, that's what you want coming out of the mouth of uh, how old is Asa? Four-year-old, right? You know, like we didn't sing, we worship. Who even knows that at four, right? Gosh, good parenting, Dad. Mom, right? Strong. So I love that we get to worship together. This is week two of our series, Go. And um, we are wearing the T-shirt, Go, uh, because this week we are gathering in Orlando, Florida, 80-plus nations from around the world who are all part of the movement, of which we are part, Every Nation. And uh, so we're going to celebrate 25 years. Literally, there will be people from Africa, from Asia, from Europe, North, South America, Canada, all over the world will be worshiping, Australia, everywhere. It's going to be phenomenal. So um, that's why we're wearing these Go t-shirts. And uh, some of us have already gone. They're there in Florida. And as soon as I'm done preaching, don't think me rude, I'm literally going to grab my bag and head out the door to catch a plane. So if you grab me and I don't stop walking, it's because I am not going to let you make me miss my plane. I'm going to say, I love you. God bless you. See you when I get back. Right? Go next time. So the World Conference happens every three years. And uh, this year it's in Orlando. Last three years ago it was in Cape Town, South Africa. Three years before that it was in Manila, Philippines. And I'm not sure where it's going to be three years from now. But... Start saving. You can go. It's going to be amazing. And I tell you something. I want you to hear it and know it. God cherishes you. Every person in this room, he cherishes you. And some hear that and receive it. Others go, I don't know, because you look at your life. Let me tell you, whatever about your life that you are challenged by, it has no bearing on his love for you and his cherishing of you right? In fact, anything in your life that is there that God did not produce, he's at work to produce something in you to be able to endure that until the end of the time. It really is. We're always trying to get out of something, aren't we? And God's like, what you humanly can't climb up out of because of the mud walls of your pit, I climb down in and sit with you. We sometimes think, God, how could you let me be down here? God's like, no, 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 look across. I'm sitting here with you. In fact, I was here before you got here, and I want you to understand that I'm peace even in your place of despair, even in your dark place. He's present everywhere. You're not forgotten. You're cherished. You're loved. And you need to know that daily because there are other voices constantly speaking contrary to you, including your own, right? For all you who struggle with perfection, God loves you perfectly in your imperfection. He loves you perfectly in your perfection. You don't know, I got an A minus. He loves you perfectly in your imperfection. Some of you are like, A minus, what is that? Trust me, the perfectionists get it. <laughs> I don't have to explain that. They're like, yeah, A minus is unacceptable for the perfectionists. It, 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 
there are those here who aren't that. So would the perfectionists raise their hands so that they know that you, you resonate? See the hands all over, right? And, and God will set you free from that. Anyway, going, going. Going doesn't begin with us. Going doesn't begin with the church. Going doesn't begin with the nation in which we were born. Going is at the heart of God. God is a missional God. He's always going, and he has been going from all eternity. The way the Father goes in his heart, love, devotion to his Son, Jesus, and to the Spirit of God. The way the Son goes toward the Father and the Spirit, the way the Spirit goes toward the Son and the Father. There's this eternal going in God that's in his heart. And we see this uh, pattern through Scripture that because we are made in his image and likeness, for us, starting with him is the most important thing. Because we sometimes start with ourselves. We start with our background, our upbringing. We start in lots of places and with lots of people. But the three words that I hear resonating in me throughout the years, start with me, Donnell. You were made in my image and likeness, so start with me. And anything, even a half bubble off, I missed the mark. So I want to start with him. Because mission and going is at the heart of God, and we are made in his image, then there's a go in us. It may need to be activated, turned on, but there's a go in you. Some of you, you are already engaged in going. And so there's this part of being of which we also inherit from God, but there's also a going. God is being and going simultaneously. So here's the backdrop. We see God going. And then we see not only God going, but we see that the church of which we are part is called by God through the empowerment of his spirit to also go. So I'm going to go from God the Father to the church. But first let's read Acts chapter 8. Beginning in verse 1. And this is from the New International Version Bible. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Significant moment between Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we have the stage being set for the birthing of the church. And in Acts chapter 2, the church is birthed. When we get to Acts chapter 8, the church is still present but present primarily in Jerusalem, not beyond. So the church isn't going while it's going, if I could say it that way. God, going between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then goes and creates all humanity. Aren't you glad God created us? It was not out of a sense of loneliness. The Trinity has never been lonely. But God created us to share in his life, his love, his joy. And then you see God the Father sending the Son. We know John 3.16. We can all quote it for the most part. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. 
so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And eternal is not just uh, quantity in terms of duration. It's also quality. There's a quality of life that Jesus has given us. And, and his, his death has afforded us freedom. One of the ways you know you're free when you're born again or following Christ is that you're no longer bound to sin. You can actually, for the first time in your life, say no to sin and yes to God. But you know you're free because you can still go back to sin. You didn't become a slave of God when you ceased to be a slave of sin. It was for freedom he set you free, but he still gives you a choice, just as he did our forefathers in the garden. Um, for parents. So you have this great moment here of, of God sending the son. And John 3.17 says, um, God sent his son. God sent his son. So there's the sending of Christ. Now, I want to talk about the sending of Christ. I'm going to come back to that. But so that we stay on the line from your perspective, you have God the Father sending the son, right? So going and sending begins with God, not us. God the Father sends the son. So the son comes to seek and save the lost. Then the son, fulfilling the mission on which he was sent, rising from the dead. Yes. When you kick death in the teeth, you are bad. And I mean that as good. I mean, just come on. Uh, so you have Jesus now ascending back to the father. But as he goes, he says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to send another helper, another kind, same, eternal God. So God the father and God the son, after the son completes his mission, now send the Holy Spirit. So you see the sending. So the Holy Spirit comes to what purpose? To initiate the church, create the church, and empower the church to go. So going from the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit to the church, but in Acts chapter 8, the church isn't going. It's in Jerusalem. We know it should be going beyond Jerusalem because in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says this, you will receive power when the Spirit of God comes on you. Trust me, what we need is the Spirit of God relationship with him personally, empowering us to live this life. It is impossible to live the life of the kingdom, to live the life that God purchased for us apart from his spirit. Even after three and a half years of the disciples being with Jesus, he told them, wait before you go. You got to wait for the spirit of God. Our humanity, our flesh, even when we flex, cannot achieve God's purpose. Only the Holy Spirit in you can bring about what God wants and desires. I, 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 I struggle in almost every way in my life. And only by the Spirit of the, uh, by the Holy Spirit can I overcome in every area of my life. I struggle with anger. Me all by myself. No one else in this room. No, just me, just me. I struggle with selfishness. I struggle with envy. I covet. I want what isn't mine. What belongs to somebody else? As if I'm not satisfied with what I got. And social media helps you to covet. Swipe, swipe, oh, swipe, swipe. Uh -huh. And we put our best on here. No one wakes up and takes a picture and goes, see, this is the real me. Airbrush. So our coveting even goes to another level because when you see the person in person, you're going to go, oh, 
Okay, okay, I, I got it, I got it. A little work before we met up, understood. So, where was I? What? I struggled, but before that. Are y'all listening? Y'all should know where we are. <laughs> Only way to get through is by the power of God. So the spirit of God, thank you, my helper, my side, my rib. The, the only way to overcome anger, the only way to overcome coveting, in your, your flesh, actually, the part of you that's, there's the bad deeds of the flesh and there's the good deeds of the flesh, but it's all flesh. The good deeds of the flesh say, I will pull myself up. That phrase did not come from heaven. Pull yourself up. That phrase did not come from heaven. I don't know who originated it, but it didn't come from heaven. Because if we could have pulled ourselves up, heaven wouldn't need to come down. But the good deeds of your flesh work to pull yourself up out of your stuff. And, and you give yourself a, an emotional and a spiritual hernia. And you're exhausted and exasperated. But the Spirit of God actually does something different. The Spirit of God, when you set your mind on the things of God and the Spirit of God, rather than on the flesh and the things of the flesh, it's up to you. You still get a choice. Neo in the Matrix comes down to a choice. Predating some of you. So, old movie, way back. So, but when you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, you actually join with the Spirit of God, like wrestling only better, tag team, and the Spirit of God in you empowers you to put to death, not coddle, not it's okay, we'll be fine, have some chocolate, no, go work out. The Spirit of God actually will put to death the very deeds of your flesh. I have no capacity in myself. It's like eating dessert that I shouldn't be and trying to use my left hand to push away my right hand with the fork in it. That's flesh on flesh crime. <laughs> doesn't work. It doesn't work. But we keep trying it because of our pride, because of our arrogance. But in humility, the Holy Spirit helps you put to death the deeds of the flesh and rule over the thoughts and desires. Amen. They still come, but you don't have to yield. Right? So it's, it's not your particular sin. It's are you setting your mind on the things of the Spirit? Because then whatever your sin is, God will help you put it to death. Amen. So the Holy Spirit now comes and empowers the church, but the church is in Jerusalem and doesn't go beyond Jerusalem. Why not? Since the church it should be going, since God went, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and now the church has been created to go. So you in this room individually and we collectively should be going. We go to work. We go to church, we go to all these things, but you can go without going. We'll have to think about that for a little bit. Because we were never really called to go to church. Jesus actually told the church to go. We flipped it, paradigm shift. Where do you go to church? I get it. But he never said go to church. He said, church, go. But we switched it and we got like, oh, let's go to church. And we think this is it. This is worship. 
This is Choctaw. This is locker room. Y'all got pads and helmets. I'm just a coach. Big game this week, y'all. Big game. Big game. When you get out of here, once you go make some moves, here's the move you're going to make. Found right here. Acts, we're going to run this play. Acts chapter 8, 1. Ready? Everybody say the play. Want you to run it out there. And a whole host of heaven witnesses are watching us because we're on the gridiron. This is game day for you. Now, when you're thinking like a civilian, you're just thinking, oh, I can't wait. My house, oh, my car, oh, my... You're in a game. <laughs> you're going to live for eternity. But I want a house. You have a house. It's called a body. You can't make one better than this. God gave you a portable house. You realize this is a house. That's why at the funeral, you see the house, not the person. Man can't create. This is a bad house. <laughs> care of your house. You only get one. No down payment, no settlement, no taxes. He just gave it to you. Stop complaining about your house. Take care of it. You're looking at me, I don't like my house. He loves your house. He wants to live in it with you. That's what makes it beautiful. No house on my street looks like any other house on my street. I love that. It was built in 1927. Before they had every other house look like every other house. You're all different from one another. Cherish the fact that you're cherished. And then when you know you're cherished, cherish everybody else. Some of your houses are five foot two. They all looked up at me, huh? Some of your houses are six nine. Some of your houses are mocha. Some of your houses are purple. <laughs> There's only nations, not colors of people. We don't have time to unpack that one. We don't have time. Why isn't the church going? I used to preach, go! Be like, uh, you know, it's a personal thing. I don't really want to tell people about Jesus. What is it? Going requires sending. And sending requires descending. And we, our nature, is not oriented toward descending. We're oriented toward ascending. Climbing the corporate ladder pursuing the American dream. No one thinks of the American dream as when I get here, then I want to dive. We are in ascent mode. God doesn't live in ascending mode. He lives in descending mode. And that switch from go to church to the church go is core to us going. Let me explain what going looks like from Jesus. Acts chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Anybody ever done anything out of selfish ambition? Vain conceit? <laughs> says, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Anybody struggling with valuing others above yourselves? 
or you've done it in the good part of your flesh, I value you. <laughs> Not looking to your own interests. Remember, we're curved in on ourselves because of sin. So we look out for ourselves. The first law of nature is self-preservation. They don't say that anymore, but they did when I was growing up. But self-preservation started with the fall of man, not the creation of man. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Why is he saying this? Verse 5, he says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, remember, we're talking about going. So to go like he goes, you got to have his mindset, right? When he starts going from heaven, look at it. This is him going from heaven, right? Which he has been going even before the creation of the universe, before the creation of the world. Worthy is Jesus, the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. So going is something that's in him before he even created us. The fact that we experienced him going wasn't his first rodeo. Now watch this. Who, speaking of Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. See him descending. The going, sending involves what? Descending. First part of his descending is that though I am equal to God, I will not grasp equality with God as something to be used to my own self-interest. So he's in descent mode. Guys, you know, girls, we talk about sports, beast mode. Newark, descent mode. He comes out of heaven like this. It's a dive. It's like he's, he steps to the edge of his throne and goes, here I come. And as he's coming, just see him descending as you are hearing this. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in, he's still descending, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, which means even while on the planet, that wasn't the end of his descent. Even in human form, he's still descending. To show you how as human beings, what this, he descended from heaven, came to earth and said, hop on the rod. I'm still descending. Now I'm going to descend in human form. He's descending to death, the very thing we shrink back from. Yet the Bible says they overcame by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their lives so as to shrink from death. Our ability to follow God means Knowing we're so cherished by him that we don't even shrink from deaths. We don't shrink from insults. We don't shrink from hatred. Nothing causes me to shrink even if it kills me. Because I'm in descent mode. So I'm 53 years old. Probably the most radical change in my life happened at age 19. Literally, those of you who know my story, my past... I was lost and I lost everything. Lost a full scholarship, lost a son I abandoned. God restored me, recovered me, recovered my scholarship, recovered my son. He's here, has my name. Miracle. So I'm changed. Now at 53, he's looking at me and saying, you ready to descend now? You ain't arrived. Let's go down. It's why you still respond the way you do to your wife at times. Because you've yet to die fully. Yeah. 
That's why you still hold other people responsible for why you got angry. He made me angry. Ain't nobody make you nothing. Stop blaming. It makes you a prisoner. Jesus said, the devil's coming. He ain't got nothing in me. So while I'm on the cross, I'm not angry. I can forgive because I'm in descent mode. When you're ascending, you get offended. When you're descending, you go, thank you. All right, let's just go home because that's, that's hard. <laughs> that's just hard. That, come on. You live in America. We got all these issues. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No. Do you know? Do you know who is? Do you know? Do you know? And Jesus is like, this is why I died. Enjoy the ride. Freedom. There's joy in getting to the point where you, you're not just reaching in your pocket to give God something. You go, I'm yours. I'm dead. Do what you want. My life is not my own. It's no longer lip service. And once you're dead, you can kick a dead man. He doesn't scream. You can beat a dead man. He won't even look at you. The reason why you keep getting offended and hurt is because you're still living. Some part of you is still living. I'm done. I'm just going to say more of the same. Let's hear the rest of this. You ready? Holland, keep it in park for me for a sec. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, everybody say therefore. He's like, you're going down. You're still descending. When do we come up? Therefore, God exalted him. Not self-exaltation. How long do I keep dying? Until he exalts you. But I sometimes want to exalt myself. So did a guy named Lucifer. So if you want to keep company with him, go ahead and exalt yourself. Go ahead with your bad self. I won't see you later. Because you'll understand why. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That is really going to happen. The reason why it didn't happen while he was on earth is because he was in descent mode. But he's a lion. But he was in lamb mode. But when the lion returns, they're like, Jesus, you changed. <laughs> Where's the lamb? The forgiving. Aslan going to roll up in here deep. You know that scene in the movie where Aslan roars at the witch? Roar! Okay, okay, okay. Mufasa, uh, say it again. Mufasa, uh. We're not talking about Mufasa. We're not talking about Aslan. When Christ returns and roars, the earth will be shaken out, shaken out like a blanket. I was thinking slang, shook. We will be shook. I was going from the King's English to hood and I got caught in between. Shaken, shook. You're going to be shook when he come back. Every dead thing going to be shook alive. Oh, and then you're going to be checking, did I die right or did I die wrong? Did I die in him or not die in him? You will know. All y'all on my right, all y'all on my left. I didn't mean to. 
uh, I know, but I gave you the choice. But I want you. You already made that choice in the span of your lifetime. You chose to ascend through your life. You chose to choose the dreams of nations rather than the dream I had for you. I'm dying to live. I've learned how to give God pieces of me and still hold on to me. Anybody had Roscoe's chicken and waffles? You know how they got started, right? Made up story, but you'll enjoy it. <laughs> Owner had an idea. I want to be able to have chicken and waffles, and I want bacon and eggs. And so he met with this whole team. He invited them, and the hen walked in and sat down, and the pig walked in and sat down. He said, now listen, there's going to be a great place. We're going to have great food. But now I need something from all of you all. I need a commitment. Hen, I want some eggs from you. Hen's like, oh, I'm happy to give you eggs. How many do you need? I need a dozen a day. You got it. I'll give my whole team a dozen of eggs a day. Yeah. <laughs> and happy. Pig, I need bacon. I need ham. I need... Pig, I'm like this. Uh... <laughs> the hen is involved, but the pig has to die. Some of us have been hen-like in our following of Christ. Here you go, Jesus but we retain ourselves. But he called you to die. Not bless my career, bless my marriage, bless my, bless my, bless my. I'm yours. And that is the blessing. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about our church or to watch video sermons, visit gracecovdc.org.